Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Welcome to the Your Hair Mentor Podcast, the podcast where we explore all things hair and beauty. I'm your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green, and I'm here to guide you through the ever-changing landscape of the beauty industry. Are you a hairstylist looking to stay ahead of the game? Or perhaps you're a hair enthusiast wanting to up your hair game? Well, you've come to the right place, my friend. As an expert hairstylist with over 20 years behind the chair, I've seen it all. From the latest trends to timeless classics, I'm here to bring you insider knowledge that will keep you ahead of the curve. But don't worry, I'm not just here to preach about the latest hair fads. I'm funny, I think, lighthearted, and not afraid to tell it like it is. Whether it's calling out industry myths or sharing hard truths about the realities of the beauty industry, I'll bring you the unfiltered truth. We're sharing the tea, people. So sit back, relax, and get ready to elevate your hair game to the next level. The Your Hair Mentor podcast is for all hair enthusiasts and beauty lovers out there. Let's get started. Hey there, friend. Welcome back for another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast. And I'm your host and hair mentor, Crystal Green. Hello, hello. This episode goes out to all of my crunchy granola, earth-friendly lovelies. If you are someone that is interested in doing right by the environment and kind of doing your part to make this planet a better place, this episode is for you, okay? I'm interviewing Hannah from Salon Environment today, who is a specialist with all things sustainability and eco-friendliness when it comes to hair salons and the beauty industry. And she's positioned herself in a really interesting place where she is helping salons to become more sustainable. How beautiful is that? So if you followed me for any given amount of time, you've probably picked up that I'm a little crunchy myself and, uh, sustainability and really just like 
the earth in general is a concern of mine. And I try to do my part to be not only as healthy as possible, but as earth friendly as possible with all of my choices as a consumer and a human on this planet. And so what Hannah's doing is super awesome in my opinion, and very, very much needed. Um, so I really enjoyed having her on the podcast to kind of share this message a little bit and just kind of spread some knowledge about sustainability because the beauty industry can be pretty stinking dirty and, um, there's a way around it. We don't have to be that way. So I'm going to let Hannah speak for herself and we can jump into the interview with Hannah from Salon Environment. For my listeners that don't know, and you know, I actually, I keep pronouncing your business incorrectly. I keep saying salon environment, but it's salon environment, right? Yes. Um, can you give me a brief introduction of who Hannah is at salon environment? I said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, thank you for the introduction. Um, so I like to call myself, um, I just like to be just Hannah at Salon Environment because I like to be everyone's friend and helping hand. But, you know, I will also go by Recyclops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and true story, it is on my LinkedIn. I've gotten actually a couple of laughs. Um, <laughs> that is clever. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, people people will never forget it either. No. Um, mm. Which is nice. But so, but yeah, so I do try to do... Um, Salon environments essentially just uh, kind of my my love letter back to um, the public, my clients, the industry in general, and just kind of my my you know the overall community. So um, we uh, we kind of try to do everything we can at Salon Environment, which is uh, a lot of education, a lot of one on one consulting and coaching, and um, even just offering different opportunities uh, and solutions to people that are struggling with, for lack of a better term, sustainability in the salon. Right. Yeah. I was trying to think of words to use to describe you in my stories. It was like, are we talking eco-friendly, sustainability, and environment-friendly? I mean, it all works, right? They're all kind of like buzzwords, but they're all very appropriate to describe what we're talking about. Right. I think that's a- I think you've hit the nail on the head because, right, what what really is sustainability? Um, because it's used so often and it can be used, you know, to describe a variety of different ways. Like, is your bas- business sustainable? But that could mean financially. That could mm-hmm. just be as a business in general. Does it mean you're, you have good ethical practices? Are you, you know, following, you know, quote unquote, green um just alternative ways of of being behind the chair. I mean, there's so many different ways. So I, you know, all of them work though, right? Environmentally yeah. friendly, eco-conscious, um, you know, planet lover, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so then you specifically focus on the shifts that can happen to make a salon or um, hairstylist in practice be more eco-friendly, eco-conscious, and that's where your focus of sustainability is, right? Yes. Um, it, you know, it's so, I have to say, it's so hard currently because, um, I mean, just in general, we don't have a great infrastructure in the United States to help deal with some of the problems that we face. You know, we talk a lot about 
how much waste there is in a salon, but we're not really given a lot of um, options to be able to reduce um, some of that waste or, um, or have, you know, use alternative products, um, especially with just the, even just like our time of mm -hmm. researching or, you know, or who can you trust uh, to, to buy certain things from, because of course we, um, we deal with public health all the time, right? I mean, yeah. our beauty yeah. school course courses was based on, you know, hey, are you going to be spreading disease in the salon? This is how you, like, you have to stop it right, right. there. So, um, you know, so it's a little bit hard, but um, um, it's hard just as a consumer, honestly, like in my personal life, making choices to purchase from companies that are practicing, I guess, like better packaging and ingredients and all of that takes time just to be an end consumer. And so when you talk about being someone to utilize that in your business is like a whole nother layer of work and research and um, trust in companies, right? That then, because you're then putting your name on it, right? You're not just the end consumer, but you're like, putting it out there as like your niche or your shtick or like whatever. So you want to feel really good about it. Um, Hannah, I'd love to talk about why this is necessary and maybe kind of shed some light for those that don't know how, um, I hate to use the word toxic because I feel like that's like so overused, um, these days, like everything's toxic, but like truly how toxic the beauty industry is. Um, and so I know we talked a little bit about statistics. Did you have any that you could share with us that might be kind of impactful? Well, um, I do love using the uh, statistics from uh, Green Circle Salons because they are they are the ones that really started the conversation about sustainability in the salon, in my opinion, as more of like a mainstream um, widespread topic in the industry. Um, so with their research, they're based in North America. So they work with salons in Canada and the US, uh, primarily with recycling, um, for those of you who don't know. But with their research, um, the beauty industry produces about 877 pounds of waste a minute. A minute? A minute. And oh. so that's about four, um, I believe, so what is that? That's like, 40, uh, 420,000 pounds of waste, um, like a, a day. <laughs> That's um, awful. It's, cr which is just right. It's crazy. And we don't think about it because everything we use, I shouldn't say everything, but a lot of things we use are single use and, you know, a lot of things you really can't reuse like foil, like foil, you, you're not mm -hmm. going to wash it off yeah. to then be able to reuse it. But, um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So we're producing so much waste. Um, we have globally 120 billion units of cosmetic packaging is also created a year. Um, and that seems to be pretty steady. Um, but, and that's everything, right? That's plastic. That's mm -hmm. the, um, you know, that's the makeup mm -hmm. or, you know, it's, it's makeup, uh, packaging. It's, it's the foil that we use for our clients' hair. It's it's everything, you know, in between 
as well too. So it's, um, I don't know. It's yeah. There's just a lot that is for the salon and cosmetic industry, which is great that we have all those options, but we don't really have the option to reduce. Um, and we, and we do have to go out of our way to also find, um, which like, I love that you said that earlier. It's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It's a ton of time to research, um, you know, hey, how can I, you know, how can I be, I, you know, less toxic right. Um, right. in the industry or even, you know, cosmetics and products um, that we use. I, I mean, cosmetics haven't really been the regulations haven't necessarily been updated for 80 years. It is changing, which is mm-hmm. great. The last couple of years, there's been a huge, um, a huge battle with putting these regulations in place. So we don't have to deal with actual toxic ingredients in our products like, um, like PFAS um, or mm-hmm. microplastics mm-hmm. Uh, or even things like asbestos, which, you know, doesn't right. have to necessarily be put on the label um, of mm-hmm. some of these products. Uh, so it's really, um, I mean, there's just so many things in the beauty industry that's just, for lack of a better term, like you said, that are very toxic, but they are things that are changing, which is fantastic, but they're also not going to change without our without us voicing our support as well too. So I think that's really fantastic that we have this huge movement in the industry currently. It seems like the conversations about it are being brought up more. Um, companies are taking notice. They're offering items that uh, that you can refill instead of having to buy another bottle for. Yes. Um, or they're replacing ingredients in their products. Um, so then it has a little bit more... Um, it has more natural, it, you know, that the, the items are just more natural. They're more organic. Um, and again, just ethically made, which mm-hmm. is also really fantastic. Yeah. And someone brought something up um, years ago that I just remembered in terms of like the products that we're using in the salon and them getting washed down the drain in our salons and how that affects like the watershed after too. So it's not just ingredients that are healthier for us as we're touching them on our bodies, but healthier for everyone downstream in that water system and all of those chemicals potentially in there and harmful ingredients. And so I've, I've been a firm believer personally in more healthy ingredients for a long time for myself, but also thinking, you know, for generations to come too. I love that you bring that up, Crystal, because I think it's it's a huge gray area in our industry because, and this is at least for the state of Michigan, I can't say for everywhere, um, because um, hazardous waste is, are usually taken care of state by state, um, mm-hmm. how to deal with it, basically. But in the state of Michigan, as an individual, I can bring my it, it, as an individual hair color uh any other sort of hair chemicals is considered a hazardous waste but as soon as you go commercial um they don't mention it at all it it's like salons slip right through the cracks Interesting. um so so like when i went on our um like 
our portion of like or Michigan's EPA website essentially it's called Eagle uh -huh. um but I'm like going through because I want to know hey can you know what happens if I can offer to take these products from people well there's a ton of there's a ton of things you have to follow if you're doing it commercially mm -hmm. um and there's a ton which makes sense right because it's hazardous yeah but but we're not going to be able to offer it but we can't offer that for salons and stylists and well where does the where does the extra color waste go it's going to go in the trash which then contaminates landfills soils waterways or you're flushing it down the drain into your water in into your water system where it is corroding your pipes w way faster yeah um, so it's ruining your building infrastructure and a lot of city water filters can't handle it either like whether it kind of passes through the cracks um mm -hmm. or it's also degrading it at a much faster rate as well too um so it, it's kind of like what do you you know what can we do about yeah. it there we really don't have um we don't really have an option to take care of it so we right. have to get really so we have to be really creative with it um but that's not that's not fair to put on the hairdresser as well too right it, it, right per, personal opinion yeah um especially since it can be a little bit more expensive right you know it's funny this reminds me of um the house I'm in now, when we bought this house, it had the 1960s asbestos popcorn ceilings, okay? And we knew that purchasing the home and thought, oh, we'll just pay someone to get that removed because it's not healthy. It's fine, I guess, if it's like stable, but the second you like hit it or touch it, it gets like aerosolized and it's dangerous to breathe in. And so we got some quotes from local contractors to get it removed and it was upwards of $15,000 just to have someone come in and scrape the stuff off the ceiling that did not include retexturing after or painting or anything. And after like the third quote, I'm, I'm asking these guys like, what is going on? Why is this so expensive? Are you kidding me? We're talking like two to three days of labor. Um, and he said, the guy that I spoke to said it is because of the fees to dispose of the asbestos because we are commercial. We have to go to a separate dump. We have to like, you know, it, it has to be like toxic waste basically. And they have to dispose of it somehow differently than just the average consumer. And so I'm like, okay, here's an idea. I said, what if I do it myself? Do I then have to go dispose it in the, in the special way? He's like, no, actually, because you're a consumer, you're allowed to just go take it to the regular dump and throw it in a pile. And I'm like, no, 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 there's no way that's right. So I call our local dump and I'm like, here's the deal. I'm thinking about doing this myself. Obviously we'll be safe. We'll get Tyvek suits and respirators and all the thing. But my husband and I are pretty crafty. We could do this. And she's like, yeah, you just bring it in. I'm like, you don't have like a special site that I would have to dump it on. Or like, do we need to have it bagged a certain way? She's like, no, ma'am. I said, so you're telling me I can just back my truck in and just dump toxic asbestos. She's like, yes, because you're just residential. And I said, can I please go to the other place where the commercial people do? And she's like, no, you're not allowed. And then, so I'm like, what? And so we did, we ended up taking it to the dump and we like triple quadruple bagged it in these like big bags and put like toxic waste on it, thinking hopefully they'll see that and like do something with it. But they literally wouldn't even let us dispose of it in the way that the commercial guys do. 
That so, is like so crazy. <laughs> it is, right? Like, it, what? <laughs> I it blew my mind. I was like, dude, our system is so broken. <laughs> like, how is this okay? Like, you recognize that it's really unhealthy to breathe in. And so, like, I could just be some like, you know, crazy person and just dump like bare asbestos into the pile that would just go poof as soon as it would dry in the air, and that's fine. What is going on? I think that's also what's so interesting is the the disconnect um, that commercial, like, you know, that commercial businesses deal with and just regular individuals. And sometimes I'll hear like, oh, well, it, it's just to get something going. It's like, well, why can't we just set up? A, <laughs> well, why can't we just set up the system from the start? We know all of these things are bad. And, and I know there's funding and, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of things that go into it, but if we're talking, you know, climate change and that, you know, our waters are poisoned and our soil is bad and that, you know, the air quality is awful. Well, I don't know. I feel like that's probably just something we have to like that we should have to do. Right, right. I, I mean, especially even on like the public health standpoint, um, you know, there's, you know, especially there's only so much that like we can do as hairdressers for our clients. You know, I, I'm sure you've probably seen this, you know, quite a few times, Crystal, where your client comes in and they're, you know, maybe on a new medication or, um, you know, maybe they just gave birth or they're just sick in general. And you see, you know, the, you know, their skin's different, mm -hmm. their hair's different. Um, and you can only do so much with products, but gosh, if you're living in, in a sick environment, um, you know, or just an unhealthy environment, I mean, unfortunately, people get sick and Olaplex isn't going to fix that. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's all Olaplex is great, but it's, it's not going to unfortunately fix the underlying problem, which is, you know, well, you know, they, they live in an area where the air quality is not fantastic right. or maybe the, you know, or the water is, you know, maybe it has, maybe yeah. it has lead in it. Who knows? Like right. it's, we've been hearing more and more, um, of that, which I know isn't necessarily quite beauty industry related, but we, do, but as beauty professionals, we do have to deal with the repercussions too of having to, uh, you know, maybe not be able to fulfill our clients' needs um, and help them be the best person that they feel like they want to be because, you know, they're they're drinking water that is mm -hmm. not great for them or, you know, so it's, I feel, which I know is like such a kind of like, I guess, shallow, shallow layer to, you know, it's like, well, you know, there's so many, there's so much depth between, you know, just in that right um, conversation anyway, but it does also start with, you know, your, your client coming to you and telling you about their health problems, their history, um, what's going on with them generally. And we can only do so much, but we feel like we have to do more because, um, because we have that mutual trust yes. with our clients. Absolutely. So then to bring this back around to salons and uh, what we could do, um, I'd love to hear some of the different 
areas in the salon where we can make choices to make changes that will help not only us and our business, but our clients that we serve in our communities. Uh, you mentioned Green Circle Salons earlier. So I know that's one of them. Are there some other um, recommendations or kind of like low hanging fruit that you would recommend right out the gate for people to look into to make changes? So I, oh gosh. Um, well, one thing that I will always say first, and I think this is a huge step for everyone is being mindful of being mindful of your resources, which I know just sounds, it's not as glamorous, but if but if you are realizing, hey, um, I'm, and I'm, by the way, I am totally guilty of this when I was in a salon. So like no judgment, <laughs> like, you know, you can, if I can change, you can change. But, you know, I would, I would turn the water up fully hot and let my bowl soak. Um, I did not need to do that. Like I can just scrub, I can like rinse and scrub off my color bowl, um, you know, or just even at the, at the shampoo bowl, just do you need to let the water running well? Um, you know, while you have the toner on, probably not. Um, I always like to suggest to use, it's called an ABS electrical strip. Plug in all of your, your hot tools. Um, because one, you know, you, it, there's less of a chance of a fire anyway, but even when you're, even when your tools are turned off, um, anything that produces heat, especially this is just kind of how it works. Um, it's still going to draw energy um, if it's plugged into, you know, just a regular outlet. But if you have it in electrical strip, it does stop that energy suck. Um, plus, and it's so easy just to unplug it um, when you're done for the day and you don't have to worry about a fire. You, it's, it puts your mind at ease. You actually do save so much money anyway, just being mindful of whether it is your water, your electricity. Um, I especially love to say, be conscious of your color waste too. Mm. And again, we've all been there, but the less color waste that you create, um, I mean, you're saving money anyway. You don't have to dump all of that in the trash or down the sink. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just being, I mean, you save so much money and you are saving so many resources just by, just by thinking to yourself, hey, I need to remember to turn off the light or, hey, I don't need to have this water running. Um, washing all your towels in cold waters is a huge one as well, too. Um, and of course, like recycling is recycling is great. Um, I always love suggesting using uh, Earth nine one one. It's a recycling search engine, which is awesome. I've so, never heard of that. Oh, Crystal, you're gonna love it. They, oh. I mean, they even have like you can search for the closest place that will take old furniture. What? Um, I think they actually have hair on there now, which is really interesting to me. Um, that one's really good. I think that's really cool. I don't think there's a lot of like info a place where you can one, yeah, but... recycle hair or like take yeah. hair. Oh, yeah. interesting. Huh. I don't think it's super built up yet, but still it's the fact that it's an option on this and people can use it for that. That's amazing. So and honestly, that's how I do like all of my my job. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I love to tell other people like, hey, if you have the time or just if there's any other weird whatever that you want to recycle earth 911 is incredible because you just put in your zip code you put in what you want to recycle um 
It'll also tell you how you can recycle it if, like, if you need it broken down for you. Um, I'm someone who, like, uses that ex extensively because, you know, you, you just want to be sure. Um, but it does also lower your trash bill quite a bit hmm. as well, too. Um, if you can, you know, if you can just back up your plastic bottles and take it to, you know, take it to the nearest recycling center. Um, yeah. You know, most, of, I mean, most of our waste is is recyclable like I so one of the salons I work with they said that they noticed that their recycling needs emptied more often than than their trash mm -hmm. um, I believe it yeah oh yeah oh, plastic bottles take up so much room mm -hmm. um foil you know foil you can you know you can really condense that and Crystal I love that you do this too um or that you at least you know, really did do this going mm -hmm. to just like a scrap metal yard and taking, you know, your huge bag of, <laughs> of foil and they'll uh. give you a little bit, you know, it's not a lot, but they'll give you like a couple bucks for it. Yeah. Um, more, if, you know, the more you bring, but I always like to say it's like a deposit down for your next box of foils or it's lunch that day, uh, burrito money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like recycling's really great. Of course, you don't have to recycle absolutely everything. You can just recycle your shampoo bottles. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um. So I mean, th again, there's so many different things that you can do in a salon. Um. Even just I don't know, switching paper towel from paper towel to towels while you clean. Right. Um. It's just kind of like those or using reusable mugs. Just mm -hmm. switch them, just switch to, you know, glass mugs as opposed to having disposable coffee cups. And, you know, wow, again, you're, you save money, you are uh, saving resources, you're saving energy, like, and I know I keep coming back to that, but it really does all come back to that, which is very cool. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I completely agree with all of that. And I think, like, probably a big hurdle for a lot of people is just getting over the habit of like the single use items, like the paper towels to clean or the paper cups for the coffee or whatever. I mean, in all honesty, like I like drinking out of a mug more than a paper cup anyway. And I think most clients would probably appreciate that too, if I had to guess. Um, it's funny. I, I struggle with this in my personal life, like the, the single use items, like paper towels, right? I have dogs and I have kids and sometimes they have gross things that come out of their bodies. And I'm like, Ooh, okay. Do I grab a rag for this that then I have to wash? Cause that's disgusting. Or do I grab the paper towels? So I have paper towels, but I really try hard to like make a conscious decision of like, can I use a rag for this or can I scoop it in a paper towel and throw it in the trash? Cause it's really nasty. Um, but just making that, you know, conscious decision and having awareness all the time of like, okay, I understand this is a throwaway item and I'm making that decision, but it's like, I feel an educated decision. Um, like I would still have paper towels in the salon just in case for something, but like I had rags that I would use to clean also and dust, right? Because you're doing laundry anyway, you know? Right. Might as well throw them all in. Um, and again, love that you also bring that up too, where it's like, if you're going to be making switches, you don't have to make it a hundred percent and you also don't have to be perfect, right? Everything's a learning curve and, you know, side note, being imperfect, um, trying to be a little bit more sustainable is way better than not doing it at all just because you're overwhelmed. Right. Um, I'm such a like habit builder. 
uh, that if I, and you know, right, I, I want to do it right the first time or I'm not going to do it at all. And that's actually been a huge learning curve because it's like, no, take the small steps because it is so much more beneficial in the future because you're going, it's sustainable, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yes. You're, cre- you're creating that pattern and that habit. And I mean, we still, oh gosh, my, um, my partner's a big paper towel user. So, um, I mean, he like ordered a huge thing off of Amazon a cup, I don't know, like a couple weeks ago. And he goes, babe, we don't have to worry anymore. And I go, I've never, I try, I'm not trying to use these. Like, this is great for you. This will last you like five years. Like I've got my, <laughs> I've got my towels and my like reusable, <laughs> like yeah. paper towel, <laughs> cloth mm. towels. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, but Hey, whatever, like it's still taking, it's still taking this step. Mm-hmm. What's the saying? It's like, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Right. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I try to I try to use that in my life in every aspect and it's hard in some areas harder than others. Uh, but yeah, just like making little changes. Um, I know for me, uh, it's funny. I actually used a color the other day just to try it honestly, because I've, I keep hearing about these 10 minute hair colors. Okay. That are like oh, the new, new greatest, latest thing. And I have a client who has like super resistant gray and I want to use her for some content. She's an cl- old client of mine. So I still can't get away from that word client because I'm not working behind the chair anymore. It's like, whoa. Oh. So um, <laughs> it is very exciting. So she's a model now. Okay. And uh, she's got very resistant gray hair. And so I'm like, she's a perfect model for something like this. If it's going to work on anybody, it's going to work on her. So I brought her in. I mix up this color and I just about fell backwards because of the fumes from this stuff. It was awful, like horrible. And it made me realize how uh, wonderful the stuff that I've been using for like the last 12 to 15 years has been. I started using the first organic ammonia-free hair color when it came to the market. Um, I think it was actually called Organics, and it was like this little teeny distributor out of Florida forever ago because I was like, man, I just want to be like healthier and um, for me and for my clients and for the planet. And so I've never gone back to traditional ammoniated hair color. And this like knocked my socks off. I couldn't believe how disgusting it was. And I'm like, oh my God, are people actually using this like every day in the salon? And like, this is normal? oh, I feel so bad for everyone. And even my client, uh, my model was like, whoa, that stuff is making my eyes water. And I'm like, I know I feel bad, like washing this down the drain. And then I had a little bit left in the bowl. And it was like this conundrum of like, what do I do? I want to go bury a hole or bury in a hole in the backyard so that it can like be a toxic waste area and not put it in the trash. It was awful. Why was I telling you that? I forget why I said that. Oh, um, I think yeah. I was just like, like I've, I've made choices, uh, as of like very long time ago to try to use, um, products. It started, that's where I was going with this. It started with, I'm going to use these ammonia free hair colors, and then I'm going to use this organic one and then baby steps. It was like, I'm just going to do this one thing. And now I'm comfortable with that. So now I'm going to do this next thing. And now I'm going to look into this cool eco heads, you know, shower head. Cause that's oh, interesting. Yes. And it's like these little steps you can take. Then all of a sudden I look around and I'm like, Oh, Wow. Like I'm a straight up eco-friendly naturalist. How did that happen? You know, <laughs> which it, I love that you also point out too, where it's like, yeah. So personally, like when I got started, it was very, well, I 
I grew up going to national parks or, you know, so, and, you know, being an avid hiker, um, growing up, it's a little bit hard to do it here in, in Michigan where it's a little bit flatter, but, um, but so I'm always like, oh, I'm just very, I don't know, pro environment. (laughs) I'm always pro environment, but it really does come down to what's, what is the care that you want to give your clients? And, you know, we are, we love, I mean, we love the people that we service. Like we have such a beautiful job and such an incredible career because we are, it's always so much more, right? We're chemists, we're Mm -hmm. therapists, we become family, we become friends. Like it's such, and you know, and we're so, we get to be so creative, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then it's like at what cost? So I think it's so beautiful that you're like, well, no, I want, I also want what's best for my clients. I want to give them what I give to myself. Um, and so I, th- it really is like, if you are able to give, love your clients in that way, because obviously, you know, there's always a lot of barriers, whether it's just accessibility or, you know, financially, you know, we can only do what we can. But if we're able to take some of those small steps, like what a more, what a more beautiful thing we can do. Mm-hmm. It's just one more like awesome thing we can do for our clients. And not to mention too, with as much advice as there is in the industry right now to like find your niche, right? Like that, that is all the, the speak you hear from everybody in a competitive market. You have to stand out in order to be, you know, the choice that your clients make to come see you being someone who focuses on, um, you know, green choices, I'm doing air quotes, green choices or healthy choices is a niche in itself. It's kind of sad that it's a niche in a way. Like I feel like hopefully eventually everyone will be there. Um, but right now I feel like it almost gives you an edge, you know, cause then consumers oh, are like, Oh wait, I like that. I want that. You know? Right. No more fumes. I don't have to have all these like horrible panic attacks when another, uh, you know, media, there's another media coverage about, oh, Johnson and Johnson, you know, or any of the sunscreens you're using contain all of these horrible things. And long term use, you're probably going to get sick from it. And it's like, I don't Yeah, no one wants to worry about that. That's terrifying. Absolutely. (laughs) What do you do? Yeah. Um, And then you get to be the the person that people come to and can ask about it, Mm -hmm. which is really cool, too. Especially like you said, you've been doing this for, you know, or at least kind of going this route for like a decade. Yeah. And I mean, so what was it like for just finding items that really jived with you? Um, Because that must have been, you know, a lot more difficult. It was. And especially because social media wasn't like the tool that it is these days too. Um, I'm trying to remember how I heard of organics. And I think it had like an X on the end. It was like organics, you know, um, it might've been like some random flyer because we used to get all sorts of promotional content via flyers and magazines in the salon. It might've been one of those. And I was just like, Hmm, I'll bite. I'm going to check this out. And, uh, I get called and just kind of made a relationship with that company, which, you know, a lot of them are hesitant or used to be hesitant to sell to individual hairstylists. That's a little different these days. There's a lot of boutique companies, especially those that have kind of, um, outsider fringe values, like, you know, super sustainable or, you know, health oriented or whatever, they tend to want to encourage the individual stylist. 
But a long time ago, that wasn't the case. It was like you had to be the salon owner and you had to buy in like $5,000 worth of product to then get a wholesale account and this whole thing. And so I kind of had to like sweet talk this company into like letting me do like a, a small intro kit because I was like, I don't have a thousand dollars to spend on this, but like I'll spend a couple hundred and you know, we can go from there. Uh, and that was, that was my first step in that direction. And I remember my coworkers being like, what is this company that you're using? Cause they came in these little green bottles, not like tubes of color. It was like liquid permanent hair color. And they were definitely, uh, organic looking. You know what I mean? Like they were yeah. just like, it was like, they had the look. They did. It was like, you know, some hippie made this for sure. <laughs> um, and so Someone they were like, cottage. yeah, exactly. My coworkers were like, not convinced it was going to work like real hair color at all whatsoever. And I have to admit it did take some tinkering and like, um, understanding how the color line worked and it really wasn't good at everything, but like I was able to use it for a good amount of my clients and I used it for years until the next thing came out, you know, and then the next thing, and then the reps kind of all, well, cause reps used to be like the thing too, right? They come into the salon and talk to you. They all knew I was like the hippie girl. So if they heard of anything that was natural at all, they'd come tell me about it. And they know that I was going to be like, yeah, I'll try it. Like, sure. Bring it on, you know? Okay. I love that for you. That is like such a fun person to be where it's because then you don't have to do all of the crazy research or, you know, you know, spending hours on Google being like, where can I find this random indie company or, you know, or whatever in, you know, in the middle of Florida as you're, you know, all the way across the country mm-hmm. and they can just come to you. That's real. That's when you know you have it made. <laughs> right. And then honestly, like I, all of my clients were aware that I was like very health conscious and like eco-conscious and all that stuff. So I ended up kind of cultivating a clientele that had interest in that as well. And so they would bring me stuff and ideas and magazines or, um, you know, written down names. They're like, oh, hey, I heard of this thing. Have you heard of this? And I'm like, no, I guess I'll go figure it out now because I'm curious. Um, so yeah, they ended up being like little advocates for me too. Um, which is cool, you know? So then you just end up building a a network of people that all care. And I think that comes back to stylists that maybe serve a niche, you know, uh, it might be easier if that's something you lean into, you're going to attract those clients and they're going to be interested in that kind of stuff. In fact, I had a friend the other day ask me about a shampoo. Have you heard of this shampoo? I'm like, no, I haven't. I'm going to go look it up. No, though. Thank you. You know? Well, so, so that's cool. Well, so that's funny because that's how I heard of um, Away, which I know a lot of people, especially that are um, very, you know, environmentally conscious. They're like, oh, Away is like the best thing ever. And it wasn't even like hairdressers. It was like just two of my um, just two of my friends. And I one of them gave me some just skincare products by them and I was like going you know deep into their website I'm like this is like that I've never seen anything like this before this is so cool they have they have glass they have glass bottles everything's aluminum and especially and I know it's I know it can be very hard to recycle aluminum when it's not clean but I already had you know a pile going of just you know foil candy wrappers and old color tubes and whatever and I'm like great I can just throw it in there how Mm -hmm. easy um which I I always you know I don't know recycling metal is always so fun because right you then can add more to it or you're kind of more aware where you're like hey I see this I don't know this cream is in an aluminum tube um well that's one less thing for me to have to 
throw away and I can just recycle it and I don't know, right. make a few bucks. Especially if of you it. have one of those little tube ringer things, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? I call them like the torture device. Um, <laughs> it like squeezes every last drop out of those things. And so I feel like they're, maybe they're cleaner, like especially a squeeze tube like that. Like, Oh, for sure. Know. Well, that's so funny because uh, David's toothpaste, it's in an aluminum tube. That's and what so I they- use. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah, that's what I use too. And so you know how it comes with the metal key? Yeah, I I just remember looking at it for the, you know, for the first time and they have instructions how to do it. And I'm like, that's so funny because it's just so second nature to us. And I'm like, I kind of just want to get every hairdresser on it because like what it's not going to be a hard change. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. My husband's the one that ordered it and he's like, oh, look, it comes with this thing. I was like, oh, honey, I got something better for you. Hold on. Let me go get (laughs) let me get my actual like squeezy, you know, when he's like, oh, dang, that thing's intense. I think the one that you're talking, I think we use those at, um, I went to Nevada school, mm. um, but now 10 years ago, so crazy to think mm-hmm. about, but, and I remember that was like, wow, this really does just squeeze every last drop of it, which is, yes. you know, yeah, can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and then it's funny, you mentioned, oh, wait, I use that color line. That's who I've been using now for, ugh, I think I've been using them almost 10 years, actually. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. They're a great color line. Good to good to know. Were they well? I always I guess when I was working behind the chair, I used a lot of um, Kuhn and I used a lot of Schwarzkopf. Mm -hmm. So I know Kuhn's a little bit. um, It's a little less opaque, and Schwarzkopf can kind of be. This is just how I think of it. Can also be just a smidge darker. I mean, how would you say away? Right. I guess kind of compared to some of the other color lines. Yeah. I was using the Schwarzkopf Essensity, the ammonia free one that they make before I switched to Away. And uh, Schwarzkopf is more opaque and a little darker. Um, A little more matte with a lot of their um, reflex, too, right? So they have a little more of like a cooler tone in all the Schwarzkopf compared to the Owe. But they did, Owe just reformulated all of their neutrals and their ashes to try to be a little more cool with those because they were a very warm toned line in general. Um, The distributor that I buy them through is called Simply Organic Beauty. And Simply Organic Beauty also offers another color line called Original and Mineral, which is another permanent color line that is also PPD-free, where Owe is not PPD-free, but they are ammonia-free. Um, original and Mineral is a very cool baseline. And so I used to do Original Mineral and Owe to kind of like complement each other. You know, if I had someone that needed something a little cooler toned, I'd reach for my Original Mineral. Um, but Owe was like my gold standard. And then they recently reformulated. So now it's just all Owe, which is really nice. Um, their color's beautiful. Like I said, I haven't touched other color in a long time. And I mixed that 10 minute color up and I was just like, Bleh! like, oh my God, I didn't realize how <laughs> spoiled I'd gotten. Now I will say um, OA and original and mineral are very expensive. And so I understand when people can't make that choice. Like I think the 10 minute tubes that I bought were like $7 each at the local beauty supply. And OA is like $16.95 a tube. Oh, wow. Which so is, they're pricey. I, and it makes sense because obviously all the work they do put into it, especially when you want to hold just how you do business at a higher standard, whether it's like people are getting 
paid a little bit better or can afford better health care or, you know, just getting better ingredients in general um, obviously can be a little bit more expensive depending on how you source it. Um, But that's uh, I also love that you point that out, too, with the expenses of it all um, as well, because one thing I like to I like to kind of put in people's heads is, you know, we've especially like the last three years have been so hard for the for this you know beauty and salon industry of course as as we both know and and at the Mm -hmm. time I was behind the chair and in Michigan we were shut down for three months and you how long were you shut down it was four months yeah Mm -hmm. I mean and gosh how you know first of all how hard that was but then all of a sudden the supply we had a crazy supply chain shortage where no one had anything <laughs> like yes. I have never seen Cosmoprof just be so empty right like so many times in a row and I used to go and you know probably once every couple weeks and it's like gosh have you guys even restocked at all which is you know not, that's not their fault but right you know it's just what happens and then inflation happens or price gouging can kind of happen a little bit, you know, just people kind of trying to make up numbers, Um, you know, whatever business is a business. But then, of course, it affects us because we can't get the supplies we want and it can be, um, you know, a lot more expensive. But so I always like to, you know, and this doesn't maybe necessarily help with color, but at least for certain things like um, like different, uh, I don't know, different shampoos, conditioners, soaps, um, even just your cleaning supply, like if you're able to get them in bulk, um, is such a, it, you know, can be a little bit more money up front, but then you're making that last way longer. And then you don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, am I going to have enough shampoo to last me three, you know, the, the next three weeks, because they said, you know, whatever company said, that's the quickest they can get right you know whatever Mm -hmm. um and I think that's also going to be really interesting to see that shift in cosmetics because um a lot of a lot of you know professional lines shampoos and conditioners and just different hair products don't come in bulk Mm -hmm. um and there are some that are kind of that are starting to like I think um I think authentic hair uh concept okay I believe, um oh my gosh I fear or I for, I'm so sorry that I am for whatever reason blanking on the name but I believe it's authentic oh. hair concept Auth- authentic beauty concept or oh my gosh thank you yes okay, okay. I'm like I know this I'm close <laughs> there's I'm not gonna like there's a salon that's near me that has like I think it's authentic hair design and it's like that's what I think of I'm like that's not right um yeah <laughs> but um yeah authentic, I'm sorry say it again authentic, authentic beauty, beauty concept, concept. Thank right. You. Yeah. So authentic beauty concept is like coming. I've seen that they are offering stylists to um, they're offering bulk to stylists so they can do like re- so they can refill certain products in their salon, um, which is awesome because, again, not a ton of people are doing that. I think plain products also um, does bulk. Mm-hmm. Uh which, which again is very cool. I'm, you know, we're not all the way there yet, but I'm hoping that also because of how nice these products are, and unfortunately that can get expensive, but I'm hoping with the rise of being able to bulk certain products that we can sort of bring um, 
you know, can be a little bit easier financially on on hairstylists and on salons. Mm -hmm. um, plus then, again, we don't have to rely so much on on the supply chain where it's like, again, if we, gosh, you know, gosh forbid, if we have another pandemic or a zombie invasion, right. you know, we'll still, <laughs> we'll still have our shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in the bunker with the rest of the canned food. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> you know, I've seen some salons um, locally have like refill stations even for their clients too, which has been really cool to see. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. And especially because I don't know, since you're all the way um, on the other side of the country for me, do you mind, I, have you seen any of them or kind of how they? Not um, in person. I've, I've seen them just on their social media um, advertising for it. And then I know we have two stores in town that are just like consumer stores um, that have like refill stations for stuff where they have like laundry detergent. I think they have shampoo, conditioner, body wash, basically all the like home care needs that you have. And you just go and like refill your containers, which is super cool too. Oh, I love those. So I think they, that culture is growing in this area. That's really cool. Cause that's, a, so the culture here for refillery, refillery or zero waste stores, um, seems to be growing quite a bit here in Michigan as well. And so I love that you also mentioned just the culture. I will say everyone that owns uh, a refillery or zero waste store seem to all be um, like the nicest human beings <laughs> you'll ever meet or totally. just very community um, like, you know, active. And um, so I love that you also bring that up because that's a huge, um, that's a huge thing that I tried to talk to salons about or try to help um, like partner together is their local refillery. It, you know, if, you know, uh, of course not everyone is obviously this lucky um, to have one nearby, but partnering salons with refilleries is, I mean, just even for your bathroom soap, um, your cleaning supplies, uh, there's, so we have a couple, I have like, I don't know, three or four refilleries just like circling me, which is, you know, the best. Mm -hmm. um, and one of them over in, um, one of them like 20 minutes away, I'm just going to name drop. So it's Walking Lightly Refillery. <laughs> um, but they partner with a salon in their area and, they, you know, and they talk they talk about it. They get their soaps there. They get their cleaning supplies there. Um, what else they do? I'm not really sure, but like, I just remember being, cause I went to go get my hair done there. Um, actually solely because I saw that they were partnering together and I've heard, you know, incredible things about this salon as well too. Like they, they do a lot of thrifting for their salon. They use a lot of, um, just very natural low tox products. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, obviously partnering with uh uh with walking lightly this mm -hmm. this refillery and they um they had like their own little windows window ugh, window sticker a <laughs> <laughs> uh, window sticker that you know says like oh we are proud um part pr proud partners wow it is a <laughs> it's a sentence today um Woo! proud partner um of you know, with walking lightly. And I thought that was very cool because again, it shows like, Hey, we, we just, you know, salons are such an integral part of a community. Yes. I mean, and when you see also like other, 
other small businesses really work to, you know, just work together in some way. I think it just creates such a strong bond and it really shows other people that like, you know, we, you know, it's just like during the pandemic, everyone was, I think it was the, f the first time in a very long time that, you know, as a collective role, like, I am scared. You are scared. We are all here together, though. Make sure you know that, like, I love you and I'm here for you. And I think it really kind of gives, maybe not as dramatically, but it gives off the same vibe. Yeah. At, you know, when when you see, um, you know, all these small businesses working together in a community. Yeah. I, I wonder if, um, I don't know if every hairstylist knows this about themselves. At some point in my career, I recognized how powerful a salon environment is for a community, right? Um, like we are the original influencers before there was oh, social yeah. media, you know? Um, it's like we hold the power to make people feel good or not if things don't go well. But um, truly, we're trying to make people feel good. And we are bringing, you know, style and convenience and happiness and all these things. And this, the things that we know and share with our clients trickle out into the community. And so it's a perfect place for a hairstylist who is a little more eco-conscious or a little more uh, health conscious, whatever, to be able to share their knowledge and their expertise to create that butterfly effect, if you will, in the community. And I think like on the outside looking in, I don't know that people, maybe they, they value us differently now after the pandemic. That was kind of an eye opener for a lot of people. But prior to that, I don't think a lot of people looked at salons as like a valuable member of society, if you will. Right. Um, and I think things are changing now. I think more people are recognizing that and I hope even more hairstylists do. Um, and I wonder when you work with people, when you work with stylists and you help coach them to, uh, work on their sustainability, is that part of the conversation that you end up having with them is like the power and the impact that they can have on their community, you know? Oh, absolutely. It, especially, you know, I think, and this is, you know, I think we've all, I think all beauty professionals have been through this is, you know, when you say what you do for work and people will then always go, oh, so you're just a, a hairdresser. Oh, so you're oh. just a makeup artist or you're just a lash extensionist. Um, And then also putting out their, you know, like, um, well, you can always go to college for business and open a salon. I remember, and again, this is like 10 years ago. And I remember, I think I, at the time I had a couple other, uh, friends of my grade that ended up going to beauty school after which I, and they're doing great, which is, I love that they chose that. I, I was the only one in my grade that was choosing to go into cosmetology, um, which was crazy. Cause it was like, I graduated with like 500 kids. Wow. Um, I don't know how I was the only one at that time, but I had so many people just say that like, well, you can open a salon later and take business classes. And I remember just looking at them and saying, who said I wanted to open a salon? That's right? I mean, it, it, granted, like it takes a very special person and personality and mindset. And I just knew that was not me. It was like the exact same reason why I didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. I knew I was like, that's not going to be an environment that I thrive Mm -hmm. And so, again, so 
you know, so belittling or it's always, well, you only just did a trim. So can't you just like cut the price or, you know, we feel, I think we have this internal, that we, we are all people pleasers. Mm-hmm. Like we just are, we are all people pleasers and we yeah. want to just really give as, give all the love that we can to people, um, which can obviously be very tiring and, but and, and exhausting, but we, um, but like you said, we are very, we are, people are understanding our worth a little bit more. Why are we charging a hundred dollars for a haircut? Well, it, you know, it co- like all of everything that costs, like behind the shampoo that I used on you, the products I used on you, my time, my, your physical body. I mean, you know, like it's, and people are understanding more. You're right. It mm-hmm. is $100. And I will never ask you to make it $10 again, you know, which. Yeah. Um, and I think, and again, remember being in beauty school and being told, do not talk about certain topics. Um, and I think that kind of disconnects us from our clients sometimes where I'm not saying like, you know, get into a full blown screaming match about politics, but like little things where it's, cause I know you have this repertoire with your clients where it's like talking about beyond the chair of like, well, you know, why aren't we talking about some of the, some of the issues in the beauty industry, like, um, you know, kind of toxic maybe some of the toxic things that are in our industry and how can we change it as, as a hairdresser, as a client, I think us having those conversations more and making people more aware of just like, Oh, you were like, Oh, I'm going to start recycling too, or whatever. I think that's such a cool, I think it's, um, again, I, so bringing it around back, we are such a big part of this, you know, just of the community and, people understanding and starting to kind of realize more like, Hey, you know, you do, we, you know, we have this mutual understanding now of respect as opposed to maybe it not necessarily being that way for, for a while. So it it is cool how that is, how that is changing. Um, Even though it was sad because that was probably because of the pandemic and, you know, it's a silver lining in in everything that happened from that. Yeah. And I, I think too, um, with our influence as, you know, service providers in our communities, I've always believed that if you come from a place of like excitement, like the way that I would approach things with my clients always is like, guess what I just learned, or you'll never believe this. And then it like turns into a story because we're all good storytellers, right? So then you tell a story that's inspiring to them. So you're not like, Hey, ding dong, you can't recycle that or whatever. You know, you're like, Oh my gosh, I just learned that. And it's like exciting and interesting. And then it positions you as the expert in the situation even more and elevates your value as a service provider. Um, and so, you know, I guess when I, I guess my two cents here is like, as a service provider, if you're going to share that information and have that influence, just come from a place of like, I have something to share with you. Right. And I have value because I know these things, not like I'm doing it right. And you're doing it wrong. You know, listen to me, buddy boy or whatever. Oh, for sure. Well, and no one's gonna I mean and truly I believe everything should come out of love 
for yes. sure because it, it right it's very then it's very authentic and it's very grounded then because it's like hey we can we should have a discussion about this um and especially if people are if people are being told that they're doing something wrong and this is the way you should do it they're probably not going to do that out of uh, me personally just as a child i remember like I would want to clean my room and my mom would come by five minutes later and go, you should clean your room. I want you to clean your room. And I'd be like, well, then I'm not doing it. Like just because <laughs> you, know, you told or, me. Yeah. Just because you told me I'm definitely not going to do it now. And, and not saying, you know, I don't think there are a lot of people that are like that, but I think it really, you know, if, if you are, like you said, if you're coming from a place where it doesn't feel authentic or it's like, kind or it's mean spirited, mm -hmm. um, it's it's it really sets a, a negative tone as yeah. well too and what and what people really I mean who really wants to listen to a negative tone I don't think uh, anyone wants no. to gross <laughs> no <laughs> I don't that doesn't sound like fun <laughs> no not at all and like I feel like we have such a fun career it should be exciting and fun and happy and um I've always enjoyed it so yeah I don't I don't want the smarminess <laughs> right. and there's there is just so much innovation in our industry like again I think you know as sad and horrible as as going through 2020 and going you know the pandemic was um gosh how many cool things have come in our industry because of it like we're having more of the talk of sustainable practices in the salon we're coming up with new ways how to do um how to have, I don't know, products like we're talking about oh, supply chain yeah. and logistics um, or even just, you know, how how can we make how can we just make things better? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really I think that's very cool. And again, how to have even just like a better, better communication with your client as well, too. And how especially especially now when they're, you know, finances have been tough on everyone, including your clients. So it's like, hey, you know, let's really find a middle ground. You want to be platinum blonde, but you can't come in every three weeks. So how can we, how can we do this together? So there's a lot of teamwork involved with that too. Mm -hmm. And teamwork comes a lot of cool new ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. Almost everybody that I've talked to on the podcast had some sort of a huge shift in their life. Um, professionally after the pandemic, it was like, we all kind of had a moment to sit back and go, huh, is this working? I don't know if this is working for us. What can we do different? So it's been really interesting to see what people have come up with since then. Um, so for you, did this business and the idea of being like a, um, do you call yourself a sustainability coach? Is that like an appropriate, um, term or like, what do you, how do you title yourself? Um, I actually really like that. But no, I just say eco-consultant. Okay, that's good too. That sounds a little more like schmancy. Um, <laughs> but did that idea kind of come to fruition in that pause that we had in the pandemic? Or do you was it before then? When did this come about for you? So it was so it was 2019. So it was actually a year before the pandemic, and I was working at a at a um it's like a you know I think 25 stylists at the time. And we also had a full, you know, um, we had full nail service. We had a full spa. Um, 
you know, we do bridal, we do everything. So there's a, so there's a lot of us. So of course, and there's a lot of waste, but, um, during that time, I actually went through a really bad breakup and, uh, which, you know, he also lived a couple hours away. So honestly, I had so much time after and I kind of, and I felt sort of, I shouldn't say stuck in my career, but I was ready for something new. Like I, I wanted to do something more, um, right? Like, do I take another class? Do I learn extensions? Like what, what's my next thing? And I remember, and I, you know, again, huge, huge nature nerd. So, you know, I wanted to kind of find something that fulfilled that need. Um, and I remember just looking at my boss one day and he was doing inventory and was just taking a big bag of, uh, plastic, you know, bottles out to the dumpster. And I go, do we recycle those? And he goes, no. And I'm like, you know, the recycling center is just down the road. Just give it to me. So I just like, kind of was like, I want this now. So I, I like sat down with them and I talked to them and I was like, put these bags aside for me. It was just, you know, it was just the bottles too. And I'm like, put these aside for me. Let me just take them. They're not quite on my way home, but they're, ba- but they're five minutes from the salon. Like the recycling center is five minutes from the salon. Like, why not? It's easy. It's free. Um, you know, it's just a bunch of dumpsters. So it's going to mm-hmm. take two seconds. And kind of from there, then I started to look more into it. I was looking into the green circles, um, green circle salon solution, like maybe for the salon I was working at. Um, and just kind of like, well, you know, I don't know what, what am I going to do next? But I kind of really just did the recycling for about a year. And then we were going to grow it in the, in the salon I was working at. I was going to start doing foil. Um, but then the whole world shut down. So that def and, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I'm glad it did for my mental health as well, too. Like you said, everyone kind of was able to sit back and be like, what do I, what's my next step? Mm-hmm. And I was honestly feeling really burnt out behind the chair anyway. And um, I was gonna, I was gonna go on a year long road trip, uh, just me and like, just go to all the places I wanted to go all the all the national parks, all the hiking, all the art museums, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, instead, I didn't do that. And instead, we had a pandemic and I stayed home and thought about it for three <laughs> for three months. And it was just kind of like, okay, I, you know, the wildfires are going on in the West Coast, which I used to live in California and Washington. So that kind of hit a little bit harder for me. And I think it was just also a very emotionally charged time. So yeah, when you know, when we did come back to work and you're hearing all of this and you're hearing about all how these hurricanes are getting worse and worse. And I couldn't help but be in the break room and cry because I cry at everything anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I cry at all the time, but it really just was kind of a big wake up call where, like you said, it was that shift where I'm like, okay, how can I, how can I create how can I create a bigger impact to protect the people that I, I love mm-hmm. my, my clientele, my friends, my family, um, just kind of, and that's just always how I've grown up is, you know, how can I, how can I service the people of, you know, wherever I'm at or the world or, you know, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was kind of like, I'm one person. I can't do this by myself. So how can I teach others to 
to have this superpower too. Right. Um, and then I, and then I quit my job. And so I've been doing this now for about like, I guess, officially two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So it's been a, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's been really fun. It's just the people I get to meet, like Crystal, like I, I enjoy meeting you. Like I, would I have ever met you if I was still behind the chair? Maybe not. I don't know, you know? Um, And I've met a lot of other really beautiful people across the country that want to do the same thing. And they just, or, you know, they didn't even realize, you know, these kind of things were, were, you know, an option, um, you know, for whatever it is. Uh, and so it's, it's been such a cool journey, um, so far helping, you know, just helping others and even just, you know, talking about it, Mm -hmm. the awareness of it, like, nope, no one, I mean, you know, how, uh, how many people know, that 120 billion units of packaging are created globally um, for cosmetics, right? Like, so it's, it's a lot of, and it's a lot of, um, it's, it's definitely a fun way to, to really meet others who just want to save the world also. So you never got to go on your, on your road trip then? No, unfortunately not. But Chris, my my car, instead of becoming my road trip buddy, she is now unofficial well, officially my tiny trash car. So it is amazing what we can fit in there. So it's kind of like a road trip in that way. I didn't know what I was gonna be able to fit in there living out of it. So Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking, like, man, you should put yourself on tour as the um, eco coach or the sustainability coach traveling around to all the cool places you want to see, but visiting salons and like setting up coaching sessions with them so that you could do your road trip. Um, not going to lie. That definitely has crossed my mind. Um, I have what I have one idea that I'm on right now that I will probably, you know, shelf for later because I have you know you know how it is you get a million ideas and so you just write them all down and then when the time is appropriate um but I have been working on a series for the last couple years of um what products you can use when you're like camping or just kind of outside in nature in general like you know you can't necessarily use um you know if you're going to, if you're going to go backpacking or you're going to go camping, um, what you're putting on your body affects the area around you, whether mm-hmm. it's you go in the water, you are, I don't know, just sweating everywhere. <laughs> right. Um, you know, what, whatever it is. And so I've been doing a lot of research of what are some of these, you know, what are some good products that I could take backpacking with me? So, um, me being, you know, totally an opportunist and also a, um, you know, just trying to be positive about it. Um, I have the audacity to think I can like go talk to certain brands and be like, hi, sponsor me, give me products. I will go camping and tell you how great it is (laughs) that you could use these in nature and not ruin the environment around you. Um, that's not happening right now, but you know, (laughs) I love the idea. But you know, I've already dreamed about it like four times this week. So, you know, maybe eventually it's manifesting um, happening here. Well, I'm just honestly trying to think how can I go how can I go camping for two weeks and not have to worry about work and um like yeah. cash. So Perfect. <laughs> um, like just as a you know, just as like a fun thing, right? It, yeah. 
but um but no so but I will definitely be um you'll be the first one I perfect I contact about that too you'll be like Crystal let me come visit you yes I'll be like let me hook you up with some salons in Reno we'll get this going and I'll take you on all cool hikes around here that I know of <laughs> ah, I love that for us that's fantastic <laughs> yeah <laughs> Nevada is very beautiful I've only seen the uh Vegas Henderson area, but um, I would love to see everything else. It's kind of a sleeper, else. sleeper zone. Like you wouldn't know, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's just desert. And you're like, yeah, but if you look closely, there's a lot of life there. And the desert is really cool. It's different. It's not like the the woods, you know, um, but I love it. Well, what's so cool about it is it, it's so resilient, um, mm -hmm. which I think really attests to kind of just our our earth in general is it's just it's so resilient i mean right it's kind of like when we do maybe we have a couple of clients where we're like oh wow oh my gosh please tell me i did not melt off her hair i accidentally left her sitting for you know 10 extra minutes and you're like wow look at that her hair is great right um, it's really resilient it can really take anything and th that's how i kind of honestly feel about the planet in general it's very resilient um mm -hmm. But it could use, you know, it could use a bond builder probably. I was just there. gonna say that. It could use it could use a little Olaplex, little bond builder here and there. That's so funny. A number, a number two for ten minutes. Yes, yes. Let's all do our part. I like I love that we have the same mind. So yeah. thank you for that. That's awesome. Um, but right, it's I just, you know, we take care of everyone else and I think this is such a, a small a small and fun, different way that we take care of our most important client, which is, you know, the home that we live on. Yeah. And plus, gosh, I I mean, this is also selfish on my end. Um, it's because I really like seeing all the green and all the trees and I want to keep that going. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it makes me happy and I know it makes a lot of other people happy. So plus, you know, the oxygen of it all, but we're not going to yeah. You know, we're not going to mention that. <laughs> Although I do want to ask you, speaking of oxygen, um, I know when we chatted before, you mentioned you had a list of like uh, the best plants to have in something like a salon space that do they like sequester the, the toxins in the air better or do they just like thrive indoors better? There was something you had about um, air quality with plants in the salon I want to hear about. So there was, I believe it was... It was either 2020 or 2021. Um, NASA did a kind of just like an air study. <clears throat> I believe they were testing for, um, well, for their spacecrafts, because obviously you are in this small space for a long mm -hmm. period of time. So they were testing with plants of like, hey, what are some good filters, basically? Um so then, of course, I went and looked and I'm like, well, I wonder if any of these would be good for like a salon space. Um, and there were a couple that were great for, uh, I believe it was, I think it was just ammonia, but it's okay. to, to help filter ammonia out of the air. Um, so and I actually and it's funny, I, I loved this one. I think this was my like favorite thing that I like researched. Um, mm -hmm. And then I and then I just made I like to call them um, a bite sized um, education guide. Uh huh. Um, so it's, you know, like a couple slides and it just basically tells you what 
what the best plants are, what are the plants that does, that does remove ammonia, uh-huh. um, but also then how easily it is to keep them alive because coming from a black thumb, um, <laughs> I like, I kill everything. Like I swear I, I've gotten to an orange thumb. Oh, so <laughs> I, 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 I think I hit like a good yellow last year, but we're back down to orange. So, <laughs> you know, we're trying. Um, yes. Yes. But uh, so a couple of the so a couple of the plants that are great for filtering ammonia in your salon, uh, peace lilies, mm. are really great. Flamingo lilies. I think a lot of lilies are okay. pretty. I think lilies are pretty good, but. Um, Peace li- the difference between peace and flamingo lilies, though, is peace lilies are easy to take care of yes. or easier. Very. Um, flamingo lilies are not. So <laughs> their, okay. their tension level is a little bit higher. Gotcha. Um, parlor palms mm-hmm. are great. Um, th- those are easy to take care of, too. Lady palms are also really nice. Uh, chrysanthemums mm. are a good one. And uh, those are... Those are pretty much about nice. The, the I mean, there and there's a lot of other plants. Uh, the there's a good Wikipedia article on the entire study itself. So if anyone is interested in seeing, you know, hey, what are some other plants I can just bring in home, mm-hmm. um, you know, and help maybe filter out some other stuff, um, you know, that's a good that's a good source. But those are definitely the the ones for salons. Have you ever heard of, um, oh, I forget the, the, there's a process, like some plants are better nighttime um, sequesterers of toxins in the air and others are better at daytime. So I heard of this because in my salon that I had, I had snake plants everywhere because they're like, you basically ignore them and they're happier than if you pay attention to them. Right. Um, and I think they're pretty. So I had like tons of snake plants and then I'm thinking in my head, like, Oh, they're going to absorb like all the bad things and give me oxygen. Great. And then I read that they do the most work at nighttime. And so like a nickname for a snake plant is like a bedroom plant. And so you're supposed oh. to have them where you sleep um, to help filter the air while you sleep. And so I was like, oh, well, these aren't doing any good during the day, then darn it. <laughs> um, so I took them out of the salon and brought them home into my bedroom um, <laughs> just because I was like, shoot. But I was like, that's really interesting. And I think it's interesting that there are some plants that are better at absorbing ammonia, others that are better at um, carbon dioxide. Uh, So that's really cool. And lilies in particular, I like personally because the first one, the peace lily, I like plants that can talk to me if they need care. And a peace lily can get really wilty when it's thirsty and then like perk right back up when you water it. And so I consider that like, oh, it's telling me it needs water, right? Like all my pothos plants will kind of go like, oh, and then they perk right back up. Whereas like if it's the kind of plant that like once it starts to droop, it's already done. Like we're not friends and it is not in my house. (laughs) (laughs) That's I love that you mentioned that about peace lilies because I feel like I see them all the time on the dramatic house plants subreddit um which is like how I know I'm not doing the worst job at being a plant mom <laughs> um but also where like you said as soon as it gets to the wilty level it's like are you going are are we going to recover from this or not right but I like how you say that do like having them talk to you mm-hmm 
Yeah. I like that. That's it cool. helps to have plants that are able to talk to you with your green thumb situation. Like I definitely still have a brown thumb with like the high maintenance ones that you have to have on a specific schedule, but snake plants, great. Pothos and the lilies that can talk to me, we're all good. We're golden. <laughs> Actually, one of my, um, one of my friends told me the other day, cause she's not great with plants either, I guess, just like to remember to water them. But what she'll do is she will, um, freeze a bunch of ice cubes and every Sunday she like puts an ice cube on if it's like you know a regular size potted plant I guess like mm -hmm. um she's like I just put one ice cube and it's good for the week and I'm like that's brilliant that why, is why don't we talk about this more <laughs> yeah seriously that could be easy for hairstylists in the salon too like hey on inventory day just go around and put some ice cubes on your plants and you're good to go it's not something you have to think about really right just keep Absolutely. it going. Mm -hmm. Also, I will say, so there is a study um, that just came out from, uh, it's a, it's a, it is a different organization, but they are Green, Green Salon Collective and they're from the UK. Mm -hmm. um, but they actually just did a study on hair and potted plants. And so they have a couple different um you know, they've they've done a couple different trials where it's like, you know, hair at the bottom of the pot, hair on top, um, you know, and then with, you know, no hair at all. But it looks like um, hair actually helps leaves stay a little bit greener and actually grow a little taller, hmm. which is very cool. Um, I actually I actually have been because I just remember hearing hair was great for soil because of its high nitrogen content. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just, now I put hair in like all of my potted plants, um, which is great. A lot of people would just, this sounds, this sounds weird, but a lot of people would just give me like a bag of their hair and be like, you can donate this. Right. And I can't, but, or like, this is, you know, like five years, I, I don't know, five, 10 years ago. I'm not kidding. Since like my entire career, I just have had this bag of hair that has followed me because people will <laughs> like in like all of my apartments. Cause they're like, here's some hair. And I'm like, why? I don't know, but I'm not going to say no, because I feel rude. And I say yes to everything. That's hilarious. I, I don't have boundaries. Yeah. So I have this bag. <laughs> bag of hair just following me and I'm surprised no one has been like Hannah what what's up with this they're just like oh yeah of course you have a bag of hair so any <laughs> weird but so which was great because then I started like and just from you know doing haircuts and stuff um out of my house I just take all of that and I use it for my compost pile I um that I now have in the backyard that's a new development that's been really fun mm -hmm. um and then yeah just putting them in all my and all my plants and they, they don't seem to be mad. So that's funny. That's I, I kind of had the same thought years ago with a compost pile in my backyard and I started bringing hair home to put in that also. And I think I put way too much hair. Like it was like too much Browns versus greens. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was just like this hair mixture like it was, I was like oh this kind of ruined it that's not so good okay and I've been trying to figure out over the years what to do with the hair too actually I have a funny story um at one point I had like a home salon in Texas and um I had this idea that I was going to like mix the hair into the soil on the side of the house because it was like um really 
soggy. It's like very humid there. And so I was like, oh, well, I've tried this before and the hair like dried everything out. So I'm going to like mix it in there and then do some planting. So I literally just took like my bucket of hair and like dumped it out the window, out the side to like deal with later. And then I kind of forgot about it. Um, And then one day I see these like squirrels running back and forth and I couldn't tell what they had in their mouth at first. And then I was like, oh, my God, they're taking the hair. They made like a squirrel nest in the tree. And it was like this hairball up there that I never took down. So like by the time we moved a couple of years later, this hairball is still up in the tree. And I'm like, someday that thing's going to fall out of the tree and people are going to be like, what the heck was this? <laughs> like, yeah, hi, that's, that's a strange hairdresser here. <laughs> Right. No, no. It's just a, it's just an unfinished toupee, whatever. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Someone's wig got stolen. (laughs) Oh, hey, you know, work, uh, work smarter, not harder. Those squirrels know what they were talking about. I know. Hair is a very durable fiber. It sounds like it's cool because, okay. So I'm just going to say again, Green Salon Collective has a lot of really cool R and D, um, developments that they, um, I don't know, just that they do, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. they've been working with, um, I think they, like, made hair fibers into, like, rope. Whoa. Um, Like, legit, just, like, rope. And they, you know, and they're like, oh, you can, like, use this for your garden or for a swing set. I don't know. But it's, like, so strong. Hmm. And, it, and it's, like, and, you know, I won't even think about it. And it's, like, we know how strong hair is. Right. Um, But, you know, there are just certain times where it's, like, wow hair is this strong like that's just like that's crazy that it can do that or that it soaks up oil and which is great for you know a matter of the matter of trust organization um has been kind of they've been definitely leading the way with that they Mm -hmm. they make these hair mats and they use them to um soak up oil you know, from ocean spins in, from ocean spills, uh, you know, that end up happening, you know, unfortunately end up happening, um, which is like, I don't know, just like really cool. It's like, how do you think of all of these things? Um, One thing that I really want to mess around with that they sparked the idea was hair mats for, um, for storm, for storm drains, just like in our cities, which or, you know, even just using them at the, um, oh gosh, like the, the auto- automotive um, places where they do, you know, where they do oil changes. And, you know, I mean, there's yeah. oil kind of everywhere, especially from cars. And especially in Michigan, being the Motor City, it's kind of like, well, that's a really cheap and effective way to, even if you maybe have to clean them up after a rain, it's still like, but you are taking a preventative measure and it's also very um, I don't want to say, and it's very inexpensive. Like, right. There's not going to never be a shortage of hair. Right. Everyone gets their hair, everyone gets their hair cut. So it's, it's like, wow, how many possibilities there are with, with just something that we would have never thought, thought about. Yeah. Um, but Crystal, I think there is actually, if I remember right, there is a matter of trust organization, um, like satellite thing right next to you or somewhere in Nevada, I believe. Okay. I Um, know when I worked in California, we worked with that company and I think we would ship the hair to them. And I I feel like it wasn't a huge cost to ship them. So maybe it is in Nevada. We have a lot of warehouses here, like a lot. 
I believe they also have, because I know they do tours, and I think they have, like, volunteering stuff as, like, a community thing, um, you know, just, like, a community thing that you can do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that's like, very, I mean, you are seriously in the right place, because I believe they came out of California, if I believe correctly, which would also make sense just, you know, being on the coast and yeah. being by the ports. Yeah, totally. I'm going to look into that. I'm curious if they're nearby. They could be down South Nevada also, but I'll check it out. Cool. Field trip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Hannah, um, this has been really great, but I want to ask you one last question before we wrap up here. Um, so I, I kind of sprung this on you, so I don't know if you have a good story lined up, but I like to ask people, um, like, what is the funniest or like strangest thing that's happened in your professional career or um with what you're doing now in your coaching business because uh, we all have funny stories right uh is there anything that you can share with us that would be a cool little anecdotal story whether it was you know how you became more eco-conscious or anything you could share um oh gosh well I have to, I will have to say, I think my favorite part about doing what I'm doing is actually, honestly, just hearing how, hearing the questions that other people want to ask me. So like, I am involved in a lot of, um, I'm pretty involved in the sustainable networking, like space in Michigan, or I guess more so Detroit um, area. But so everyone that's like, again, in sustainable business, they love to ask me hair questions, right? Because then it's like, oh, so like, you know, what, who can, you know, who can I go to for a haircut? Um, that's like really into that or, you know, or again, I, you know, I talk about, honestly, hair is the most fun thing to talk about because there's so many different things. So it always blows everyone's mind. Um, that and like the whole, gray area rant with chemicals in the um in this in the salon industry I had like 10 hairdressers kind of like gather around me one day and listen to me just like I babble like I babble all the time like that's just kind of my my favorite thing I do uh -huh. um, and I went on for 10 minutes about this and I got really like into the rabbit hole and they were all like really they were all staring at me really intently like wow like this <laughs> this is crazy and it's like well you know talking trash is just you know always interesting um you know to begin with but I think my favorite thing is the so the place that I go to recycle my foil um they always get really excited when I come by but they're always like guys the foil girl's back <laughs> because they're and they're obsessed with all of the <laughs> different pattern foils now oh yeah so yeah like, and so you know and sometimes they ask they're like you know oh what brand is that so uh, oh how well, funny shout out to framar because you really like turned these guys's like all of their days around they're like oh, is that a cactus or like oh my gosh how rainbow? funny yeah no they love it so um and i think i like one of the last times i win a girl was helping me also named hannah funny enough and she had uh -huh. like the coolest hair and so we're bonding about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, here's all my foil. And she goes, oh, my God, you're the foil girl. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I love that. I, like, feel like I should just start putting that on my LinkedIn or something. I was going to say, yeah, that should be somewhere along with what was that the first nickname that you had? This Recyclops. The Recyclops. 
or foil girl. <laughs> <laughs> Start a merch line. Then everyone else can have it too. You totally should. Yeah. Be the foil girl in your in your community. It's a fun yes. it's a fun time. It'd be a little piece of flair I'd wear. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on your resume. Yes. Hashtag foil girl at your service. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I love that so much. And I'm glad you're the foil girl and the recyclops and the salon, what did I call you? Sustainability consultant. <laughs> uh, you oh, Or sustainability you, you coach. A... That's what it was. Sustainability that coach. Was cute. I yeah. like it. All of this is so good. And, you know, every little bit does count, right? I feel like we get um, kind of doom and gloom with the the numbers of, you know, where the world is headed and the amount of waste and all this stuff. And you think, am I really making a difference? And I think we really are. And it sounds like you're helping a lot of people make a difference, which is fantastic. Well, thank you, Crystal. I, th- I think what's so, I think what really helps with my we, you know, eco anxiety basically is because I, oh God, there was, there's definitely been some time periods where I'm like, no, the world's over and I'm like, and I'm crying or whatever, which, you know, it's usually just because I haven't slept a lot that week. Yeah. But I, I think it is so cool that it's like when people are like, but I'm one person and I can't make a difference. But it's like by all of us together that create this, like everyone that, everyone that you mentor, everyone that you talk to, um, it's just, it's so much part of the bigger picture. It's like passing it forward. Um, it, you do one thing and 12 other people will, will do the same. Um, and I think that, and that's, what's not only so cool about our industry, but just kind of humanity in -hmm. general, which is really beautiful. So I, I appreciate you having me on here and, you know, just, and also just doing what you do um, and also being, you know, just that voice for every, I mean, you know, you know what you're talking about. I love that you have been sort of on this path for 10 years. And I think it's really cool that now you've, you kind of have, now that this part of our industry is growing and because of social media like we're so it's just so much easier to connect and be able to make that impact together so crystal i'm so glad that we get to have you know share that together i think that's very cool me too um thank you and so will you do me a favor for anyone that's listening that wants to learn more about you or your services and what you're doing where do we find you where's the best place to look so you can find me. Um, so you can find me on my website www.salonvironment.com. Um, also, of course, our Instagram is where we are most active. Um, we do also have a Facebook. We do also. Well, I also have a LinkedIn. Um, so <laughs> um, you can, and of course, you can always email me. I'm just, you know, whatever you need, whatever questions you have, I always like to be as um, accessible as possible so you know you can find me you know if you want to email me if you want to dm me whatever um please like i i want to be friends wonderful and then you said you had some bite-sized resources available are those just available on your website or are they like an email sign up thing if anyone was curious to look at those so we have a couple of different options we do have a newsletter um it usually it comes out first of the month um and that 
will have, you know, whether it's some resources or just things that are coming up for us or maybe some fun or maybe some just general climate news or actions you can take. Um, but on our website, under the education tab, we have um it's just our, it, it, they're just called our info guides, but they have a couple of different um, topics. So we have stuff that is for recycling in the salon specifically, um, uh, like environmental practices, um, just, you know, uh, beauty news, kind of like and action news that are, are mm -hmm. kind of intertwine um, and a couple of other little things we have articles we like to come out with as well too um if you're more of a reader but we like to create these bite-sized um education guides because it's well one so it you know if you're going to only have five minutes on your lunch break anyway and you're going to be scrolling through instagram this is another thing that you can scroll through um and, you know, still learn something. We do obviously also all have them on our Instagram as well, too. So, um, and we, and sorry, one last thing. We do have a page of just resources that you can use. If you want to, for example, if you want to recycle and you want to find Earth 911, you can go there and you can use that link. Um, we have, there's a ton of different links. Like you can find your, your nearest refillery, um, a couple of the different um, organizations that we just talked about today. Um, and just a lot of other, you know, petitions you can sign. Just a lot of very cool things that can just help you date, you know, every day, or, you know, if you want to, I guess, do a little bit more action in your day-to-day yeah. -day life. So there's, there's just options for everyone. We just want to make it as easy as possible for whatever you want to accomplish. That's awesome. Thank you. I will make sure to put a link to that in the show notes for this episode. Awesome. So, well, this has been a true pleasure. Seriously. Um, you're a gem. I enjoy our time. And uh, if you don't make it out to Reno anytime soon, I'll have to just be in touch on Instagram. But if you do make it out to Reno, seriously, let me know. And uh, maybe we'll try to circle back in like, I don't know, six months or something and just check in and see how things are going. I know there's been some interesting articles that you shared with me earlier um, with like the plastic eating fungi and cool stuff. So there could be some fun things to talk about in a few months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, yeah. especially with the, with the rate of how different innovations are just happening it's going to be really fun to see how the how the beauty industry also takes those on as well too but yeah. I agree I love that we have just been sharing things back and forth by the way that has been such a treat yeah uh, and yeah. and again thank you for having me um awesome. here today it has been such a pleasure Crystal yay that's the whole point right <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Well, we will go ahead and sign off for now. And then um, for anyone that wants to check you out, we'll see you on Instagram. Okay. All right. See you okay. then. Thanks, bye, Hannah. Crystal. Okay. Bye. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast. And I hope this episode left you with a little bit of excitement to look into some ways that you can um, lessen your footprint here on the earth and uh, try to find ways that can make things a little more eco-friendly and sustainable for all of us. And um, check Hannah out on Instagram. She's got great little tidbits and, uh, you know, her like 
plant loving side comes out, which is really great. I don't think you can be eco-friendly sustainability loving without being a plant person. And I'm just going to speak for my age group here. I feel like all of us are turning into plant freaks. I don't know how that happened, but it seems like the more I get to talk to people, the more I realize we're all like plant lovers at this age. Um, so if you're a plant lover, like I am go check out her stuff too. She's got some cool, um, ideas and workshops and things she does with houseplants and all that good stuff too. Uh, so anyway, yeah, thanks for listening. This has been great like always. And, um, if you like this episode, please share. Sharing is caring, my friend. And we love it. I love it. And I love you for doing it. And I find the best way to share is a text message. I don't know about you, but a lot of the times I will ignore my emails unless I know something's coming or, you know, get back to a DM later. But if someone texts me something, I'm going to see it immediately. And if it's like, Hey, I listened to this podcast episode that I think you'll like, I'm way more likely to open it up. So if you like this and you have a friend that you think needs to hear about this, give it a share in a text message. I would super appreciate it. And if you don't follow me already, go ahead and click that follow slash subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to. And of course, I would love to have a review. So if you want to leave me a review, give it to me. I want to hear it. I love it. Thank you so much, my friend. Until next time, have a great hair day and I'll see you then. Okay, bye. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.